This is Point of View with Chris Berg. Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Friday before Mother's Day. So we need to start there. First and foremost, happy early Mother's Day to all the amazing moms out there. We love you and thank God for you. Uh, speaking of God, yesterday was their National Day of Prayer. If you watch Point of View regularly, you know that we talk often about, hey, we need more prayer for our nation right now, not less. That's why I've been so upset about some of the emergency powers that we've given these politicians, these governors, saying, hey, you can't go to your church, you can't congregate there. No, that's our First Amendment right. That's our First Amendment right. So, yes, we do have the right to be there. Anyways, what's fascinating is for our National Day of Prayer, Every year, you know, the president will put out a proclamation. Well, yesterday, something interesting happened. I'm going to share this with you, and then I want to see if it sparks a memory for you like it did for me. So yesterday, President Joe Biden puts out his proclamation for the National Day of Prayer, but something's kind of missing. Yeah, that would be God. So he doesn't put God in his National Day of Prayer proclamation. So you may see on Twitter how they always talk about how it started, how things are going, right? So this is how things are going. I want to do that first read tonight. But this is, if you remember this, because this came to me today, this is how it started. Remember back in the 2012, the DNC um, had their convention and there was that huge fight on the floor because they wanted to, they removed God from the party platform. And then there was a big rile up and they ended up putting it back in. But this is 2012, they removed God from their party platform. And now here's 2021, there's no God in the National Day of Prayer proclamation. This is exactly why you and I both know that we are in this warfare right now, why I continue to ask you and I to go out and whoever we're around, family, friends, community, but continue to sow seeds of faith, hope, love, and truth. It is so important right now that we are planting those seeds because eventually, as we know, they're going to bear fruit. So please plant as many of those seeds as you can today and every day till we start to see some of that fruit come to fruition. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the COVID-19 vaccine. I did an incredible piece yesterday on our Facebook page on social media channels. So if you want to dive into more details about the vaccine, mRNA, the aspect of that of this vaccine, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash POV now. But you may remember, I think it was even this week, I talked to you about uh, President Joe Biden bribing people to go get the vaccine and then asking, is it even legal? There's a precedence within the DOJ that, that, that it's not legal to bribe people to influence their medical decisions, right? They're giving out the money, the, the grocery discounts, things of that nature. Well, now it's not just adults. And I think one thing that's really important to understand about this, and I talked about this in my video yesterday, again, on our Facebook page about there are unconscious influence tools that our government, that our politicians are using on you right now that you need to be aware of. One of those is called social proof. It's a very, very powerful influence tool. You will see, I'll sh I shared with you in the video yesterday how Joe Biden is using that right now. But it's just, you need to be aware of at least how they're trying to use these tools to influence you to make decisions that maybe, maybe, maybe you wouldn't make otherwise. Now, it's one thing if you're an adult, but what if they're starting to use some tools on kids? Well, guess what? I'm going to share this with you right now. So Rance, a high school uh, is now asking students, bribing students into getting the vaccine with, with basically 
credits towards graduation. In this particular high school in Washington, they need 55 hours of community service. And what they've put out now to the parents is, hey, if you go get the vaccine, we're going to count that towards 25 hours of community service. So go get the vaccine. You're going to get 25 hours of community service. Another high school um, in Pawtucket is actually going to be throwing a food and like music food truck and music party for teenagers 16 and over. And what the city is hoping is that, hey, this will bring the kids together. They're going to get discounts on, on the food trucks. They're going to be able to hang out with their friends, have music, and hopefully then they will take the vaccine. In fact, the opening line on this piece, the city is taking the sting out of getting stabbed with the COVID-19 vaccine. Isn't that creative? One other graphic I want to share with you. Just to, and I'm only doing this because from the influence strategy that's happening right now, and we've talked about this before, if the vaccine is so effective, if it works so well, why, 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 why are you going through all this sort of, I would call propaganda to get me to go take it, right? Maybe that's too strong of a word, but why such a strong desire to get me to go out there and say, if you got it, okay, and I don't, you took the vaccine to be safe, correct? So anyways, that's one of the things. They may have a very good reason as to why they're making such a strong push at this particular time, but I just want you to ask yourself, why? And if you want to go get the vaccine, great. Not an anti-vaxxer. I'm just asking you and I, as I always do on the show, to think critically, and there may be no big, no big deal, no big reason why they're making such a strong push, but I think it's at least something to consider. So with that being said, I want to share this graphic with you as well. This is a highway sign in a particular state. I don't know what state it is exactly. Anyways, want to return to normal on a highway, get vaccinated. I mean, it's just, it's everywhere. So I just wanted you to be aware of some other strategies that are out there that are being used to try and influence people to take the COVID-19 vaccine. Again, maybe no big deal. I just think it's important that you and I are asking questions, thinking critically about what we see, what's going on, and then feel comfortable with the decisions that you want to make for you and your family. All right. Uh, recently, I had a chance to sit down with the RNC, the Republican National Committee spokesperson, Paris Denard. We had a fascinating conversation about a lot of different topics that are happening right now. So here is that conversation. Paris, welcome to Point of View. It's great to have you. Big news today. Facebook board continues to ban former President Donald Trump. I want to share with you a piece from his statement about this, because I think this is what our audience really wants to know. President Trump says these corrupt... <laughs> These corrupt social media companies must pay a political price and must never again be allowed to destroy and decimate our electoral process. I think what our audience wants to know is, okay, sounds good, but what is the GOP going to do to make these tech tyrants pay a political price? Well, thank you for having me on the show. I think ultimately what we have to look at is the fact that uh, these big tech uh, corporations are doing things without thinking that they have to suffer any type of consequence. I mean, and that's the issue. When you have... Uh, big tech companies essentially silencing the voices of millions of Americans because they don't agree with something that they have to say. I mean, it could be something as simple as a senior citizen who observes something at the polling place that they might think is an irregularity, and they say, no, that can't be on there, or a single mom expressing herself because of her frustration that she might have about a neighbor or about the situation because of the global pandemic uh, and, and having to be a stay-at-home mom because of the schools being closed. You know, they could find some reason to censor them. And so essentially, 
when you have uh, the limitation of Facebook ads and advertisements that can be done by political campaigns, primarily Republicans, that is done to have a disproportionate impact on one side of the aisle, mainly the Republicans. And so it, it's a problem. And I think that there are things that the Congress can do, and you know, we'll leave it up to the members of Congress on whether or not they can find uh, or apply different laws uh, to uh, tech companies. But at the end of the day, we have to look at the situation at hand. If they can cancel or silence the voice of a sitting president of the United States, now former president of the United States, what can they do to the rest of us, just everyday Americans all across the country? It, it could have a chilling effect, and it's, it's pretty scary. It's very chilling. I mean, you know, there's polling out there that shows, hey, if, if Twitter would allow the Hunter Biden story from the New York Post to actually play out, uh, it may have moved the election enough where President Trump would have won. So just to, to back up for a moment, when President Trump talks about a political price, maybe this is a better way to ask you. Remember when Mitch McConnell had a chance to put Section 230 into the military funding bill, and then he, he took it out. I mean, is the GOP going to do anything to say, because you and I both know these tech companies are giving these campaigns a lot of money. Are they going to do anything to stand up to this tyranny? Well, I, look, I think we're going to leave the, the policy and the decisions up to the members of, of the Congress on both sides of the aisle. But I think that uh, congressional Republicans are hearing the voices of the people. And they understand that there are a lot of people out there, a lot of Americans who are frustrated, rightfully so. Uh, remember, President Trump received over 74 million votes. And so we believe that there are a lot of people out there that are looking at what's happening. They're seeing the cancellation of the president and, and other, their friends and their family members, and they think that it's wrong. And I think that the uh, after looking at what's happening and the impact that it's having on, on, on Republican campaigns across the country, I think that uh, the the congressional leaders are going to come to a decision uh, that is going to be uh, what needs to be done uh, because we just cannot continue to go down this path of having uh, the, these big tech companies doing what they want when they want to whoever they want without paying any type of price or, or having any consequence to it. As you know, President Trump has got such a following, and I'm, I want to get to the point here is, is President Trump helping unite the Republican Party or not from a standpoint of this? In a statement that he put out today, he spoke about, you know, he says warmonger Liz Cheney. Then he goes on to say, <clears throat> and if we had, we had gutless and clueless minority leader Mitch McConnell, he blew two seats in Georgia that should have never been lost, fought to expose all the corruption um, that was presented at the time in regards to the 2020 elections. Does it help the GOP when you've got the former president calling Senate my, minority leader Mitch McConnell gutless and clueless? I think that when you look at the impact of President Trump on the, elector, uh, on the, on the electoral system uh, and, and look at what he has done to help uh, diversify our party, to help expand our party, uh, I think that you can look no further than what happened in Texas. Six, this recent election, special election, it had what they call a jungle primary, where it was a free-for-all in terms of Democrats and Republicans. Whoever rises to the top will, will be declared the winner. Speaker Pelosi thought that Democrats were going to win. There was going to be an extra seat in the House to expand her, 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 her party uh, and their control in the House, but it didn't happen. Republicans, two Republican uh, people came up and won that election and got over 60% of the vote combined. The Democrats got a little over 30% of the vote combined, making them about 20 points behind where they were in 2022, which is a sign that the party is united. The party is growing. The party is uh, standing up against the things that we believe are wrong and, and under this Biden administration. So there was no blue wall. 
uh, in, in, in 2022, and there's no blue wall right now. And we don't believe there's going to be any type of blue wave happening uh, in 2022. Uh, so I think that we are uh, looking at President Trump as someone who is a tremendous, tremendous leader in our party. And his agenda was one that connected with a lot of people and expanded our party for the better. And then I think the people at home, what, what they look at and they see, you know, Senator Minority Mitch McConnell stand up after the impeachment trial and say some of the things that he said. You've got Liz Cheney. And yet, I don't know about you, Paris, I've been to a lot of the Trump events and I've never seen in political history crowds, as, as you know what they say, we love you, we love you. And you, you see that at a political event. It's like, why can't all the other Republicans just jump on the Trump train and let's ride this thing to victory? Well, I think that the Trump chain is an America first agenda. It's lowering taxes. It's having more opportunities for, for Americans. It's, it's, it's focusing on American workers, American blue collar workers. Uh, you know, it's putting the people first. And when Joe Biden said that we the people is the government, I don't know what history book or what uh, show he was watching or what lens he looks through history, but we the people have always been the American citizen. That's probably why he's not fighting for the American people on the border and fighting for our laws and, and is putting more attention, energy and resources into illegal immigrants and, and instead of fighting this, this border crisis, which is a crisis of humanitarian national security and it's a, it's a, it's a health crisis and he, he's, not, he's not dealing with it, not even addressing it. Kamala Harris was put in charge of the border as a crisis manager, and she has spent over 40 days uh, avoiding the border, not talking to Border Patrol, not talking to families, not talking to, to the children that are there, not talking to small business owners that are on the border, and certainly not holding a press conference. And so I think that the, the agenda of putting America first, empowering America, lower taxes, deregulation, uh, supporting business and, and, and freedoms and opportunities are something that is lost on the Democrat Party of today. They're more progressive, uh, they're more liberal, and they're more socialist in their, in their, their worldview uh, than ever before. Do you think Joe Biden won this election in 2020 freely and fairly? You know, I, I can tell you that the issue of election integrity is one that the RNC has taken very, very uh, seriously. We believe that we've got to make sure that every American that goes to vote feels that their vote is going to be uh, secure and safely uh, uh, counted. And what we saw uh, because of COVID-19, a lot of these local officials, especially in the Democrat Party, were actually changing laws at, at the dark of night to benefit the Democrats to ensure that they would always win elections and Republicans would never win. That was, that was their goal. Uh, and so when you see them trying to now codify these elections, uh, like H.R. 1 and other things, uh, it, it's a problem. And so I believe that a lot of people saw voter irregularities and they're troubled by it. And I think their sentiments are real and the things that they saw and experienced uh, are valid. But at the end of the day, Joe Biden is the president of the United States and we're going to hold him accountable for his failed leadership. These past 100 days have been a complete failure. He's letting us down on the border. He's letting us down when it comes to opening up our schools. He's letting us down on these bad trade deals. He's letting us down when it comes to the economy and jobs, uh, energy, uh, all of these things. He's letting us down. And we are going to fight to ensure that Republicans win back the House, the Senate, and the White House. Speaking of Biden pressers, he had one just before we did this interview. And he was asked about the Liz Cheney situation, and they framed it like, hey, she's just telling the truth about the elections. You said you don't understand Republicans earlier today. They sort of asked him the question again. He says, look, I think right now the GOP is going through a mini revolution and they're trying to identify what they stand for. What's your reaction to his response? The GOP is going through a revolution and that revolution is making America great. 
That revolution is putting Americans first. That revolution is making sure that single mothers and small business owners and blue collar workers know that they have a home with our party. That revolution is making this party more diverse. And we've seen that when you look at the last election of the, the, the races where they went from Democrat to Republican seats, those Republicans were either minorities, women or veterans. That's the revolution that we're going through. Paris Denard, <clears throat> RNC national spokesperson. Thank you for the time and the insights, sir. We appreciate it. Sure. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. All right, stay with us. we got a lot more coming up here on Point of View. Please share your point of view with us. You can email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We'll be right back.